Welcome to Running For Real, a global community with a shared love and curiosity for running. Together we reconnect with the reasons why we love to run and discover ways it helps us become better people. Whether it's the quiet moments of a morning run while the rest of the world still sleeps, or befriending the strangers next to you at the start line of a race. We are here to connect with others who see running as the common thread that weaves our lives together. Come join me, Tina Muir, as I talk with people from all walks of life, united by a love of running. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 333 of the Running For All podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited that you are here and excited for you to meet my guest today. Before I get to that, I want to just quickly remind you that at the end of the month on YouTube, we at Running For Real will be releasing a Red S resource. And we are calling that resource Reflect, Realize, Recover. Within this course, it is going to be a resource where we're going to have 50 videos on YouTube that are going to explain all the different elements of Red S. So all the questions, all those little voices in your head over the years that have wondered, could I? Do I? Yes, if you're a male. Yes, if you are someone who does get your period, but something still feels a little off in you. All those questions are going to be answered by some of the best experts in the world. And we are really excited about what we are creating here. It's going to be free. It's going to be on YouTube. So go subscribe to our Running For Real YouTube channel. You can also um, search my name and you will find it. And then beyond that, if you realize you are someone who is working through Red S, which is, by the way, I should say, relative energy deficiency in sport, um, which is what um, amenorrhea or not having a period is often the representation of within our within our world. And we are going to change that. If you do realize that's something that you are working through, we're going to have a private group, a private place for you to speak to these experts, for you to get more answers from these experts, to have resources to help you work through the process. So I'll be giving you more information as we go on, but I just wanted you to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you've not already, you are not going to want to miss this. Right, so today I am excited to welcome Jackie Hunt Broesma to the podcast. Jackie was born and raised in South Africa and she lost her leg to Ewing sarcoma in 2001. She started running in 2016, which is 15 years later, and she was the first amputee to compete in the Trans Rockies Mountain Stage Race in Colorado. She's also run 104 marathons in 104 days and just has really inspired so many in our community. She's raised almost $200,000 for amputee blade runners. I'm going to learn a little bit about her story and also just dive into some elements of her and her life that have not been covered as Jackie has been on quite a few podcasts. She's always pushing herself to find new adventures and to explore the world in different ways while also doing good for the world. So I'm excited to welcome Jackie to the show. So let's go meet her. Thank you to Ola Dance for sponsoring this episode of the Running For Real podcast. Now you've heard me recently talking about Ola Dance, which are these amazing running earbuds that you can gift for loved ones for the holidays, for Christmas, for New Year's, for anything coming up in the, in the new year, whatever way you celebrate. And their open earbuds give you true comfort. And I can really attest to this. These are for podcast listeners, for runners, for those of you who, like me, love to jump around and dance in your kitchens, for when you're doing chores, for when you are going from a walk to a run. It doesn't give you that vibrating feeling that I used to really dislike um, in the past that felt like my bones were rattling. Uh, there is none of that. This is superior sound without the bone rattling, without the vibrating. It is really clear whether you're walking, whether you're running, whether you're dancing, whether you're jumping, whether you're anything else that you could be doing and working too. There is no ear fatigue. These sit comfortably. And if you wear headphones more than for more than two hours a day, Ola Dance is a must have. Now, I mentioned these are open ear. So that open ear design means that they don't enter your ear. So there's no ache inside your ear, which is just a horrible feeling. They are secure, they stay firm in your ears, and you can also hear outside sound. So for us as runners, that means we stay safe because we don't lose track of what's happening around us. We are able to stay in the moment, enjoying what we're listening to, while also be able to hear noises like cars, 
or um, other things that may be coming towards us or also things like squirrels rustling in the leaves. I can hear that too when I am running with my Oladans. You can also hear clearly, even if it is windy, with the design that they have made. These are made for people who love to move, who love to be active and listening to music, to podcasts, whatever else, to books while you are out there doing your stuff, which I love. Now you, as a friend of mine, can go to oladance.com forward slash Tina. That is O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com forward slash Tina and that will get you 20% off. Oladance.com forward slash Tina will get you 20% off. Go check out those earbuds. They are amazing. I am loving them and I can't wait to hear how much you are loving them too. Jackie, welcome to the Running For Real podcast. We had a two-second hug at the running event, but other than that, this is our first and main time of actually getting to know each other. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I am kind of bummed. So for the listeners, Jackie and I like locked eyes. You were mid-conversation with someone, so I didn't want to interrupt. But yeah. like, we kind of like had a hug and then we were like, we'll find each other in a minute. And then we didn't. And yeah. So I was like, ah, kind of, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, if for anyone who's been to that event, it is insane. And so it's not surprising that you can't find anyone again. Um, but I'm glad we have this time now because, um, I've been, you know, admiring, I guess, from afar without knowing you really until this moment. And it's going to be fun to, to dig into your story and hopefully give you some new things to think about in a different way. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to to get to know you. I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I I'm gonna go through kind of quickly the 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 early parts, just as you have been on quite a few podcasts, and there's plenty that um, have covered your story. Is there any? Is there one in particular you would say if someone wants to go back and learn about the earlier days in more detail, you would recommend? Um. What um, a podcast? Like you mean podcast. a podcast? Yeah, the um, pro- probably the Ali because I was on the Ali show, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that kind of delved okay. in a little bit more like my earlier um, yep. running and things. Okay, all right, I will put a link to Ali on the Run um, episode with Jackie in the show notes. So if you want to go to that, but born and raised in South Africa, um, lost your leg to Ewing sarcoma. Is that That's how you say it? it? Yeah, Ewing. Yeah, Ewing yeah. sarcoma. All right. In 2001, you were 26 at the time. Um, again, this is something that you've, you've covered. It's been, there's been lots of articles on you. Um, is there anything you, I guess, well, that's a, a type of cancer. Is there anything you would like to kind of remind people just about working through that at age 26? I mean, especially at age 26, we tend to think, or in your twenties, you're like, I'm invincible. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm yeah. I've got my life ahead of me. Is there anything looking back that you would like to remind people um, th- just about that situation? Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of the struggle um, that I kind of went through. And it's kind of, I always want to bring it up because it's kind of one of those things you, when I got the diagnosis with cancer, um, I was at the top of my career. I was moving mm-hmm. up and it's kind of, I did feel like I was invincible and cancer was kind of one of those things that always happened to someone else. Um, and at the time it was scary because you hear the cancer word and you think, okay, I'm going to die now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's putting it in perspective that it isn't always, there is, there is always light at the end of the tunnel and it's like it can feel like your entire world is crushing on you but you need to kind of take it step by step and eventually you kind of get out of that and for me it took it took me a while to kind of deal with like the cancer and then um having to lose my leg and just it kind of just it was all these emotions and I, I always say it is it is okay to feel all those emotions you have to go through it to make you a better person and I'm at a point now where I'm I'm actually, it sounds really weird, but I, I'm glad I went through what I did because it has made me a stronger person. It has made me the person I am today. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that over. I would maybe just go back to my younger self and just tell my younger self, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've talked a bit about this multiple times on the, on the podcast about, yeah, what, when, when that word is, is given and it, it so feels like a taboo word, like a swear word, like don't, say the C word. And, um, 
and it, you do see, and it, I, I'm curious your thoughts, like even in media, it seems like, oh, especially maybe in media, in like TV shows, it seems when, when cancer is brought up, it like it accentuates, is that the right word? That, um, that kind of like, oh, well, the end is here and everyone cries in the room. Like, do you, do you get frustrated with that on the TV? That it I always do. comes across that way? I yeah, I do. Because yes, it is. I mean, it is terrible going through it and it is, it is awful and things, but I just feel like there's this whole stigma of automatically people think you're going to die. And I think that negativity doesn't help anyone. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not, I'm not saying it's all roses and sunshine and it's all fantastic and stuff. It's not, but I do feel like it should be portrayed in a different way. And I don't know how, I don't know what the right answer to that is, to be honest. Um, but I just know at the time when I was going through it, it is literally because when I was diagnosed and, and I mean, it's been a while, I mean, it's been 20 years now, um, but I remember cause I was, I was living in the Netherlands at the time and, um, the hospital and is, and it's also just the way it is, how you are told about that you have cancer is mm. I was called in by the doctor. Um, when I walked into the consulting room, there was a doctor, there was a nurse and there was a priest <sighs> who gave me the diagnosis. And I'm like, you're facing the biggest like it's like going to be the worst news ever, but yet they're, they're portraying it as if, well, actually you're going to die now. That's literally mm. what it's like. Yeah. The, the, it's definitely the, it, it's so near now. And I just feel like that perception should be changed a little bit because yes, unfortunately there are, yes, sometimes it is a tough decision and sometimes the, the, it is not a positive out, outcome for many cancers, cancer, cancer diagnoses. But I do feel there is a big majority of people that do survive and do thrive and mm -hmm. do. So I think we need to highlight those stories to give people something to look look ahead at and mm -hmm. and give them a little bit of motivation because it is pretty crappy if you're going through this and the only thought in your head is that you're going to die. Then what's the point of living? Yeah. And it's just like, and a lot of the times there, there's even if you're you've got your cancer diagnosis and the prognosis isn't great, you still have a bit of time to kind of live the best that you can. And it's just, mm. I think it just needs to be kind of worded and be a little bit more positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. The time after when you had lost your leg, uh, I've had many conversations again on this podcast and the previous one I hosted about how the time post amputation was the most challenging or I, you know, I've watched all kinds of documentaries about just the, the deep depression that people go through with, mm -hmm. um, just identity who I am. I mean, you've been very outspoken about the amount of uh, things you are told you cannot do. Yeah. So when that's fresh and raw in your mind, I'd imagine that's a help, uh, affecting you even more. Would you say that time was in some ways more challenging than actually going through it was just kind of building yourself back to a person again? It is because it, it, there's, there's so many factors that go through it. Um, and, and it is also, um, I mean, not only that, that I was dealing with a cancer, but also I was going to actually lose a part of my body. And, and there, there is, and there still is a little bit, there's this whole stigma of like, you're going to lose part of your body. So that means a, you're going to be disabled and you're going to be in a wheelchair or you're not just, you know what, you're not, not going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you kind of get, you get, get put in this awful box. And to me that was frustrating, but it was also just from being, being a woman and, and only being 26, I had mm -hmm. to, I had to do a lot of confrontation and look at myself like for a long time, I wouldn't look myself in the mirror because I thought I was ugly. And I've spoken about this before and it was, it is it, weird. It's like this whole thing of that you're portrayed, like in mag when you look in people, uh, people in magazines and things, you see all these pretty girls and everyone has got all their limbs and they all look normal. Like, you know, you, you have a different perception of what normal looks like. Mm. And for me, that was someone with all their limbs. Um, and so that was a tough thing to go through. It was, it was, I had to really work on accepting this new life. And it was hard because the, the, I, I kind of went through, I went through like different phases. Like first I went through denial. Mm -hmm. I totally ignored it. I was like, I do not want to be an amputee. Um, 
I wore, I always wore pants. So no one knew kind of went straight back to work. I was back at the office within four weeks of amputation because I just wanted to get on with my life. And it was just, and it's kind of, the more I denied it, the more it kind of started catching up because I wasn't looking in the mirror. And I just, I, I kind of slipped into a bit of depression then um, trying to kind of accept who I was. And I was angry. There was a lot of anger and no one ever talks about the anger. It's like, I was like feeling about, what have I done wrong in life? Why, why am I being punished? It's weird. You kind of go through this whole thing. Um, and you just like, I must've been really bad in a previous life or something because what did I do wrong? And I'm like, I was always a good person. I always tried to be kind and stuff. And so why did this happen to me? And I was, there was all these emotions where I was just really, really angry. And it, it took me a while to kind of accept and realize that obviously I didn't do anything wrong. It is just these things happen and bad things happen and you can't, but you can choose to make it better. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where once I had switched that around, it kind of became easier and better. And I kind of started healing a little bit better. I'm curious, you said about the anger there, and I'm really becoming more and more aware of just how much, especially as a woman, we, uh, as women, we are told not to be angry or like we have been conditioned not to be angry. I mean, I have spoken about like, you know, losing my temper at my kids and yelling at yeah. them. And then I feel like a horrible person, even though I know on a logical level that everyone loses their temper at their children sometimes. And yeah, there's so much like, I'm curious, did you, have you either spoken to other, to men who have, um, you know, lost parts of their body or, um, you know, read anything about this or seen it through again, media or anything where it is maybe more acceptable and more commonly seen for, for males going through this? Um, I, yeah, I think it is definitely because when I speak, it is, is, is weird with a woman, you have to be polite, you have mm -hmm. to be, you're not allowed to raise your voice and, and it's weird. And it's like, and I think I did, there was a, a it, and I've spoken to other amputees and mostly they've always been men because there is majority of amputees you come across are mostly men and it's, and it's weird. It's okay for them to be angry, but it's not okay for me to be angry. And, and that's why I want to have that discussion because I'm mm -hmm. like, it was part of my healing. I had to get angry. And I think anger is good when it's for a specific reason. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, and I just, I'm glad I got angry because it was the way I dealt with it. I mean, I've, and I've been open about it. I've, I've, uh, when I first started running with my prosthetic, there was times where it wasn't easy and I got angry because I wanted to be normal. And I would, I would literally, and I've, I've, I have mentioned this before because I want to be really open and I've literally taken my leg off and thrown it across the room mm -hmm. because it frustrated me. And mm -hmm. I was angry because I was in the situation and it's, and it's, but it's, it's good you get it out rather than rather than having those emotions crop up that will make you bitter because I feel like the more if you if you keep your anger inside you're just going to be miserable mm -hmm. in life and I just feel like if you get it out and you deal with it then you're like okay why did I get angry and then you kind of deal with it and you kind of then move on and that's it and it's good absolutely I feel the same way about like sadness and for me, when I, when I feel like I'm upset about something, I find it really helpful to put on some really sad music and cry. Yeah. And it's almost like I get it out and then I'm like, okay, all right, now let's deal with what's going on here. Like what, why did you react in that way? But yeah, I, I exactly. definitely think it's the same thing. I'm curious yeah. when you said about, um, you said about, you know, you mostly come across men. Is that you think the women that they're, you know, you're saying there's there's literally less um, amputees that are women or just they maybe have succumbed to that message that you stay in and you aren't able to do this, that and everything else? I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it is just what I've seen on social media. It just always feels like there is more of a, the, the side that there's more men. I don't know mm -hmm. what the statistics are. I should actually mm -hmm. look it up and see, mm -hmm. but I kind of feel like majority of the women are a lot less. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure why that is, um, whether that is just, well, 
we just tend to, st- I don't know, uh, stay at home or, uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. Because even, even if you think of like prosthetics, like running blades are based on a, men- a man's body. Mm. It's based on their weight. It's based on, so everything is kind of designed more with them in mind than a woman's body. Because there was a, I was a part of a study out in Colorado where they're actually now considering they they just focused on female athletes um, and looking at the way they because each running blade is categorized by weight. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're studying to see how a woman's body is different and if those categories they're giving us are accurate or if they need to be adjusted. And that's the first kind of study they've ever done where they've actually only focused on female athletes. Thank you to All Beds for sponsoring this episode of the Running For All podcast. And I had the absolute pleasure and gift of going into the All Beds Design HQ this week. So I got to see some of the shoes coming out in 2023, 2024 and beyond. Let me just tell you, there are some updates in shoes that I can barely wait for. And I'm not a particular shoe dog, but this is incredible what they are working on here. It's something that's making my heart beyond happy. And you are going to be so surprised with what they have coming. Can't say more, but it's very exciting. I am very excited to be working with Allbirds yet again this year, and we have some very fun ideas planned beyond hosting events and and me just absolutely loving their shoes. They're so thoughtful and intentional with all that they do, and as as it's the core of who they are, everything is looked through a sustainability lens. It's just built into their DNA, and that means so much to me. They just want other brands to care too. There's no ego involved. They genuinely believe that the world we can create together is the world that they want to be a part of. So yes, their shoes are amazing. They're everything. I am wearing them all day, every day. I wear the Dasha for most of my day, for any time I am traveling. And if I had to bring one pair of shoes with me on a trip, just one, that would definitely be the pair I would take. I wear the high top runners uh, for my day-to-day use. I wear the flyers for my runs, the wool loungers for my evenings out. I wear the plant paces to go with anything. And my kids are obsessed with their small beds. Steve wears them too. So yeah, my family is a big fan of all beds. Go give them a try. And if you haven't, if that's a bit overwhelming for you and you haven't tried all beds, start with the dashes. That's my recommendation. Go to allbeds.com to go find out more and go check out my many, 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 many favorites. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if those are a little bit off because uh, there's so many, uh, so many things that I think about now about this just wasn't made for, made for me. Yeah. And um yeah, once you start thinking about it, you see it everywhere. Uh-huh. And so I would imagine something big like that would be would uh, would absolutely fall in that category. So running came into the picture 15 years later for you. Yes. During that 15 years, did you try other other sports, other things to kind of feel like yourself again or or what what led to the moment of of running? Um, I was, I used to play squash um, before my amputation. So husband and I just did that as just a bit of fun. So I kind Mm -hmm. of carried on doing that just to kind of make myself feel a little normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's weird, like my running, because I was never, I was never a runner before my amputation. So it was kind of never on the cards. Like I never, Mm -hmm. I thought, I honestly thought, I am um, runners were crazy. I'm like, why on earth would you do that to yourself? So <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. And then I, I, my, my running journey only started because my husband took up running. Um, and so I kind of went to all these races and I kind of watched him and I was like, I still kind of thought, why would you do that? Cause they just look, mm. but then I kind of saw the process and I was intrigued. And I guess Did you ever see an amputee when you were watching? No, them? I didn't actually. I my big hero was a South African swimmer, um, Natalie de Trois, um, who was um and she I actually had a print out of her on my wall in when I had my surgery, when I had mm-hmm. my amputee. And so it, because I was a, I was actually a swimmer at school. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that would maybe be what I'd kind of go into because I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if she can do it, I can do it and type of thing <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I kind of then, when my husband kind of started running, I was intrigued. And it was kind of one of those things where um, I, because the, 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 me and swimming had issues because I hated having to, to take my leg off and get in the water because I hated that process of everyone staring at me. So it was like weird. Like I couldn't get, it took me a while to get back into the pool to actually go swimming because I was so self-conscious about what I looked like that I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to kind of go out there. And it's, and, and now I look back, back at it and I'm like, what the hell, why didn't I just do it? It's like, (laughs) I should have just done it. But so, so I think running was quite good because I, I could get this cool running blade and they looked, they looked pretty cool, but I just didn't think of the expense and there's so many factors that kind of go into it. Um, and yeah, so then, yeah, I tried it and, and also it was kind of one of those things where is, is firstly, you need a specific device you need. And I was, I think there was part of me that was a little envious of my husband because he could literally put a pair of running shoes on Mm -hmm. and he's at the door. Mm-hmm. And with being an amputee, it wasn't. You needed all these extra steps, and it was like, "What the hell?" Um, so, <laughs> and and everyone was like, "No, don't, don't even bother. Don't because it's hard. It's yeah, it's not good for you." And 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 all this. And so, I think I've always been stubborn, and, <laughs> and <laughs> I think I need a little bit of stubbornness. And so, it was kind of more of a challenge to see and just to prove people wrong because I was tired. I was tired of this bo- this this imaginary box. I was being put in and I was just I'm like no I can do everything everyone else is doing and I can probably do better than my husband does it's a bit of a we've got personal competition going on (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing that and um on behalf of everyone listening we are glad for your stubbornness because uh as long as it doesn't uh overtake your life um we are glad that it allows you to be here in this moment and give us someone to you know, really enjoy the journey of and, and, and oh, follow along you. with it's, um, you mentioned about the amount of people who kind of say you can't do this or you shouldn't do that. I, um, so I, I, Oh, I think, you know, I'm pretty sure you know that I, I do a lot of guiding in races with yeah. um, visually impaired runners mm-hmm. and the amount of, you know, well-wishing comments that I have now heard that I'm just like, Oh, like that is, just stop. Like, I know you're trying to be like, uh, you know, you're trying to, in your weird way, you're trying to do what is best for that person or be thoughtful for that person, but you're just coming across as condescending. Yeah. Yep. And, um, it's really been, it, it's really made me think about comments I make to people, um, just it, in general, but it, especially when it comes to someone who's, you know, already working against that in a daily society. It, yeah. Is that, and it, and it's weird. Like people don't mean it. And it's yeah. like, I've never been like, I'm not a super, like, I'm like, you know what, you can say whatever. I've got thick skin. It's fine. But it, it is interesting. Like I, the comments I've been like, when I, when I do a race or it's, it's weird. It's just like, Oh, it's so, it's so nice to see someone like you doing this. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's like, what do you mean with that? Um, why wouldn't I be out here? And why wouldn't I be doing this? And it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's nice that she can do this. Um, so it's, it's weird. Like, um, yeah. but I've also on the other spectrum, I've had people like, um, I was chatting to someone, um, um, someone, uh, a family stopped me and it wasn't, uh, um, it was her daughter and then, um, her mom was there and her mom was a bit older and, um, she kept telling me to like, Oh, be careful that you don't, you don't step off the curb. Are you okay? Are you okay just to stand here? And I was like, all I could, I just had to bite my tongue. I'm like, you do realize that I've done, like I've run a hundred milers. I've done this. And all in my head, all I want to do shout out, I kind of felt like I was going on this defense that I wanted to shout out that, hell I've done a lot I can do a lot I'm like I'm not a I'm not a disabled person and it was weird it was like so I had to kind of hold myself back because I was like this is weird (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely it's um and I had a humbling moment like that when I was with um Kyle Robidoux when I was yeah I know Kyle very well (laughs) yeah I figured you would um and um the night before the race I think it was or maybe two nights before we were at dinner and we, he wanted to walk me back to my hotel. So we walked back to my hotel and then, and then he said, okay, I'm going to head back from here. He said, can you just tell me where I am? 
exactly where I am. Yeah. And you know, Carl's from Boston, knows Boston uh, incredibly yeah. well. Uh-huh. And so I had to resist the urge to be like, uh, okay, are you good from, are you sure you're okay from here? Like when he said like, all right, I, so I'm here and I'm here and I'm like, yes, can, can I take you to the station? And, blah, blah, blah. and he was like, no, I'm good. Like I got it. And I was, so I had to be like, stop it, Tina. Right. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you do, yeah. I mean, it's, and and so I, I say that to say it's okay to like catch yourself in that, but to yeah. pull back yeah. and then be able to say like, okay, I need to do better at that next time. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think uh, I think like chats like this, this are important, so people mm-hmm. know and kind mm-hmm. of, and also just being out there like like putting myself out there all the time, so people can realize, wait a minute, no, and just breaking that stigma um, is is so important. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go on and talk about, um, (laughs) let's jump ahead a little bit. You, uh, began to run, you, uh, achieved many things over Uh the coming years, uh, including the first amputee to compete in trans Rockies, um, which trans Rockies comes into this podcast more times (laughs) than I can ever believe that race. I swear has done more for our community than any other. Have you ever run it? You need to run it. I'd oh, like it's, 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 uh, it's, there is nothing like trans Rockies. It's just the community, the, bet, yeah. the being out in Colorado on those trails is just, it is amazing. I'd like to, I'm just dipping my toe in the water in terms of these like explorative events. So we'll see what 2023 brings. Cause, um, cool. I don't know if you know this, but I try, I've, I signed up for three different 50 Ks in the last okay. year. Nice. And I didn't make it to the start line of any of them because my kids got sick. Okay. And the kind of sick that I couldn't, like a stomach flu or yeah. COVID. And yeah. oh, <laughs> so man. I felt like the world was telling me to just take a pause. <laughs> and so I'm going to try again in 2023 with some of that stuff. We'll see what happens. Oh, that would be cool. You got yeah. to, you got to try it. Come on. I mean, I, tr- I tried three times, but it just the world was it like, just won't work. Yeah, not right now. <laughs> so we'll see if next year's the the year for me. Hopefully, next year will be the year. There we I go. So. That I would be cool. So. We'll see. It's getting a bit annoying now. It's, yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's jump ahead to 2020. Yeah. Um, you decided uh, initially that you wanted to run 102 marathons in 102 days. You extended it. And I quote for fun, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Two hundred and four days. Um, I have to, I have to guess that also with you saying you being stubborn, there's a little part of you that maybe pushes. Is that pushing the the barrier just a little bit further away? Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe hold the next person off just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> maybe one hundred and two will be the their limit. Um, <laughs> so you decided to do that. You raised. Is it over two hundred thousand or one hundred? I raised one hundred ninety-four thousand. Okay, for yeah, we were so close million. to two thousand. Two, yeah, two hundred. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean that's still you know, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, and uh, for amputee blade runners to help that's- people ac- access um, prosthetics, which I re- found out from your research, uh, if that's still right, the ten thousand. Yeah, roughly for a blade, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of money. Um, so I want to go into some of that, but some of the parts of it that maybe you haven't talked about. Okay. Um, the first thing that was I was most curious about was in an article I read about that said about you, and it talked about fueling. Yeah. Because this is something I wouldn't have thought ever. I wouldn't even thought to see it in an article, but I think it's very interesting having. Um, when Mike Wardian ran across the country, he came through St. Louis. I did, I did my technical ultra yeah. by doing 33, 34 miles with him. So I technically have run an ultra, there but we go. Not, not in a race. So I did that with him and I did 10 miles a day before. So I got all this time to see him fueling, see him eating, figure yeah. out how he was doing this. And he was saying how difficult it was to get enough in. But you talked about that you... Um, that was something you were really, really careful about because you saw it as if your but if you lost weight, that meant that you weren't getting what you needed to fuel every day. Exactly. I'd love to hear your thinking there because I have to imagine on some level, and I hate that I'm saying this, but like in our society, there is kind of almost like a celebration of uh-huh. that leaning down, especially in something like this. So I love that you spoke to that 
and also kind of flip the script on it. So tell me your thinking there. Yeah, I, I had to do that because it was amazing. The, the, the biggest question I got out of all of this was how much weight did you lose? Oh my God. Really? Um, and I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. And I'm like, we have to change the way we think about running. Because for me, and I had to be really clear, I'm like, running has never been a weight loss journey for me at all. It never has, and I never wanted to be. And for me, I know my body so well now, and especially when you're running 100 marathons, you amazingly get to know your body so incredibly well. Mm. And I was determined not to lose weight. I'm like, if I'm losing weight, that means I did a poor job the, the day before of fueling myself. So I had to be very, very... I had to be sure I was getting enough to keep myself going. And I know, and and the thing is, because when you start, it's a slippery slope. When you start losing weight like that um, and you keep going, I feel like you're doing more damage to your body. And I'm convinced it was what helped me recover well because I was Mm -hmm. eating well and I was keeping a consistent weight. And also with running with a prosthetic, and that was the other thing people don't understand. It is so hard with a prosthetic because they go by weight. So if you lose weight or if you gain weight, you it it throws that prosthetic off mm. a little bit. And it's also mm-hmm. like my then my then my socket's not feeling good, it doesn't fit well. So it kind of is drawing that balance. But I'm also I'm so tired of people using running as well. Did you lose weight? How much did you lose? And I'm like, no, no, this is the the wrong image. It is not about losing weight. It is it is you have to feel and it's okay. You have to eat to run. It's not running shouldn't be a a punishment saying, oh well, I've eaten I've eaten a chocolate brownie. Now I need to go run five miles so I can burn off those mm-hmm. calories. It, it's never been intended. It shouldn't be. And yes, there are people that actually do use it to lose weight, which is fine, but that's different. This was purely for me to push my body, but I had to look after my body. So I was, I was pretty much eating pretty much the same, same amount of calories every day just to kind of, cause I knew that was working and that way it was keeping me at a, at a consistent weight. Cause it was weird because I, um, in between all this, I had to go get measured for a new prosthetic. And when I showed up at the appointment and they always weigh you obviously, cause they need to see how much you've changed and how it's going to affect your prosthetic. And her first comment to me was like, I'm surprised you haven't, you've stayed the same weight. How is that possible with all this, all these marathons? I'm like, well, then I did it right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, why are you asking me this in a yeah. questioning way? Shouldn't you be saying congratulations? Like, yeah. And yeah. I just feel like there, there should be, I like, I feel like I should get an award for that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very, very, it is impressive. And especially, um, uh, and I, I want to clarify here. I'm not saying this like Mike was trying to lose weight. Like he actually no, 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 was not no, doing that. He was no. very conscious as well because you yeah. can't run 50 miles a day for yeah, 62 with no days fuel. without yeah. without fueling yourself. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, uh, he talked a lot about getting fed up of eating, like yeah. just being like, "This is the part of all that I just can't wait to be done with." Yeah. Just, so, talk to us about that in terms of it, that because there must have been times where you just you're like. Yeah temptation was there not for weight loss but just like ugh. yeah it is it is because you kind of get to a point and it's like you're just not in the mood for anything it was like how am I going to get all these calories in because you know you need these calories in to be able to do the next day and to kind of keep going and it's like it's really hard so kind of then I would I would switch to like I'd get my calories through juices and just like do other creative things to try and get to get in the calories, to make sure I was getting what I needed. Um, but yeah, it was like, you do get a point where you're like, I just can't eat anything anymore. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to, this is just gross. And it's, and it's weird because it's, it's not only do you have to like after a run, you have to fuel to recover, but you need to fuel to, so you're ready for the next day. So it was Mm. kind of, kind of getting that going. But saying that too, I kind of feel like my body kind of adjusted a little bit and it kind of got better at like calorie intake and just hold, like it just seemed to kind of adapt to what I needed. Mm. Um, So it just adjusts and it's just, it just shows our bodies are just so incredible. 
Thank you to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode of the Running For All podcast. It is January and that means, for most of us at least, it is cold. There is sickness all around and we are not in a place where we are prepared for this. After years of being inside, most of us are getting some kind of sickness that we haven't had before and that is because we were protected. I love knowing that at My Athletic Greens gives me this foundation of daily health where I have this comprehensive nutrition and gut health support in one scoop. I wake up, I go downstairs, I fill up My Athletic Greens bottle with water. I, I like it cold out of the fridge and one scoop of Athletic Greens and then I'm good to go. With that, I get 75, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients. It's comprehensive nutrition in one simple scoop. And you know what? You don't then have to take 17 other different supplements to give you what you need in the morning. It's going to build this daily healthy habit in one minute per day. You don't have to swallow 27 pills. And it's going to promote gut health, support your, support your immunity. It's going to boost your energy and more. Now, when I say about gut health, I mean prebiotics, probiotics, plant-based enzymes, which bolster digestion and nutrient absorption. I am so comfortable with my Athletic Greens that I can now have it, drink it down, and then head immediately out the door for my run and feel great. Have no stomach upsets, and it's just a great way for me to begin my day. I also love that it gives you your daily dose of vitamin C, zinc, and functional mushrooms, if that is something that you are particularly paying attention to. So it's going to support your immune system as you go into your day. It's going to boost your energy with rhodiola, magnesium, and B vitamins that are going to support sustained energy throughout the day, something we need right now, as many of us, myself included, are pushing ourselves a bit too far. I want to give you, one of my friends, listeners, and community members, a special offer. When you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Tina, you can get a one-year free supply of vitamin D3 and K2, which are two things that need to work together, and we need those this time of year to help keep us nice and strong. And you will also get some free travel packs with that order. So go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Tina to take advantage of that special offer. That's why I really struggle with a lot of, I was, I was in a group run the other day and uh, for this group I'd run with for the first time and, and someone just started talking about this weight loss pill and I like, oh no, please, please, please don't start talking about this. And, um, and so I kind of curiously asked like, why, why do you think you, you need that? And, um, but it, it just makes me, I really struggle with the idea that we keep trying to outsmart our bodies yeah. because like, I mean, this is a perfect example of they are so adaptable. They are brilliant in terms of the um, the measures. And even, you know, again, I don't know what you do and don't know about my past, but like Red S, uh, losing my period was kind of one of the things I'm known for in the space, uh, okay. speaking out about that. And a lot of that was, is, you know, my body was shutting down the reproductive yeah. system because it sensed that it didn't have enough fuel. And so... <laughs> Like it, it just boggles my mind that I we know. keep trying to hack it. When I know, <laughs> I know. and it's just the, the conversation should be there more about it because I just I do feel your body is smart and like my body showed me, I was so impressed with how it adapted. Mm, but it yeah. also it needs it's a fine line of. It, everything is balanced, so everything is kind of in moderation. So you need to kind of. If you want to lose weight, you need to look at your diet because I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of the times people want to kind of take the easy way out. It's mm -hmm. like, if you kind of adjust and eat healthy and, and all that, then whatever you need to lose, you'll lose if, mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do. But I do feel like that shouldn't be the reason why you're running in a sense. And it's just, it is just changing that perception of yeah. what we're doing and and appreciating our bodies, what they can do, because they do, they do definitely adapt and they do kind of like, even like simple things. Like when I first started with the, the hundred miler, it was like, I was struggling with really bad shin, shin pain and my shins were really, my shin was really hurting. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be, how am I going to do this for the first week? And then just the following week, it just kind of adapted. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any issues anymore. And it's just like my body just kind of repaired itself, kind of mm-hmm. kept going. And just, so it's like, yeah, we need to kind of say it as it is. Our bodies are smart and they will adapt. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for speaking up to that and making sure that you put it in uh, CNN and yeah. ESPN. You made sure to mention that, which I, I was like, yes, like, get it in that. I, did, get it I, in those yeah, I deliberately did that because I've seen it too many times where like, and, it, and it's also, I just feel like we need to be the voice for the young, younger generation um, because I do feel like these girls are going to come up and they're going to get this perception where they, 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 they need to run, but they need to lose weight. And it's just like, no, that is totally, you need to eat. You can't, you can't be doing what we do at our level. If you're not eating properly food, food is not the enemy. It's just, you need to do it right. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to a a different important thing that I wanted to discuss. And (laughs) You, you saying about when I asked you about if you'd seen anyone um, at races when you went to watch your husband who um, was an amputee yeah. and you said no, sometimes I feel like I should rename this podcast like be um, you need to be what you couldn't see or something like that because I feel like almost every conversation I have on this show is where someone is is doing this for, is trying to be, is um, creating things to help with yeah. Needing that role model. And you talked about young girls just there. And I have to imagine, um, seeing you, I, I have to imagine there's quite a few, uh, you know, kids or, or yeah. young adults who are amputees who have seen you and thought, wow, maybe it's not even running that there is their passion, but I can do things other than what I'm being told I can do. Yeah. So yeah. do you have anything, any stories to share there? Cause I would imagine there's quite a lot of them. Um, it is. I mean, it, it, um, that's why I kind of put myself out there because I just feel like um, I'm hoping that I can inspire the next generation. And and it was during during the 104 marathons, there was a autistic girl that came actually specifically. She wanted to come and meet me um, mm. out at when I was doing one of the marathons and her mom brought her out and she's like, her mom just had they had read my story mm. and his, the little girl struggles a little bit and she just wanted to come and meet me out and run some miles with me just to to know that if you're different it's okay mm. um you can do things and it was it was so like it was such a blessing and it was just mm. like wow this is just incredible um and yeah so it's 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 great when things like that happen because you know you're making a difference, but it's also not just a difference for athletes that look different. It's just, it's just, I guess for everyone, I mean, it's amazing the sport I get when I'm at races. And I think it's just when people see me doing it and, and yes, sometimes it's a struggle and it's okay to struggle. Um, but what's, what, what matters is that we're showing up and we're doing the best we can. Um, and so it's, it's great being out there that I can talk to other people and they can see me, me struggling and doing what I do and they know not to give up and just kind of keep moving forward. Yeah. I'd imagine that in many ways is the more important piece than seeing you with a medal around your neck. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's, I mean, I don't, I, I honestly don't do it for that. I just do it just purely just to inspire others and that they can see what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my mission, I guess, in life. Yeah. No, well, you're absolutely doing it. Yeah. And, um, and you do very much show that vulnerability, the rawness in there. Um, and, uh, so to go to one of those, one of your days from what I read, uh, you had some kids activity. Oh, okay. Let's back up a second. So with these 104 marathons, you were doing them mostly from your house or somewhere yeah. nearby. Uh-huh. Okay. So from what I read, you, you, you know, get up, get ready, take your kids to school, run a marathon as one does. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally normal, right? <laughs> and finish, uh, you know, when, you, when it's time to pick them up or around then. One of the days you, uh, and, and obviously then having kids, that means you don't get to just be like, oh, now I'm going to rest and go see the physio or go uh-huh. do this. Like, <laughs> your kids don't care whatsoever yeah. that you <laughs> have done something <laughs> like that. Or maybe uh, they might be maybe gentle, gentle a little bit and then be like, okay, well, this is normal now. So I'm just going to, or your um, 
uh, all my understanding and compassion for you has worn out. So I, I want to go back to where I, I am in charge. Um, <laughs> but one of the days you had stuff to do in the middle of the day and you intended to split this marathon up. Oh yeah. Can you tell us about this day? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, um, that was an interesting day. Um, yeah, I kind of split it just because, um, we had some issues with childcare with my kiddos, um, cause they were at home and my husband was out and stuff. So we were kind of running. Um, and so I kind of had to split it up and being, being on social media and mm. it's kind of a blessing sometimes and it's sometimes a curse, I guess. <laughs> Um, um, so I, yeah, a few people reached out and said, yeah, but that doesn't count. And did they do it in a like malicious way or in a like, hey, some, some did, some didn't some like, it was a mixture. Like it, it was like some genuinely were just concerned, which was great. Um, and I get it, but there was some that were a little, it kind of got a little bit nasty. Um, mm. and the thing is, I had to also be very clear. I was like, originally the plan, yeah, the record's great, but this is not why that that wasn't my why like mm. why I was doing this because I wanted to make a difference for other amputees and it was like that was kind of my main focus anyway so it was it was frustrating but also I was feeling like because when I when I kind of to backtrack when I started the journey with the 100 marathons I wasn't sure if I'd actually make it to like 10 marathons because I wasn't there were so many factors like running like was my blade gonna last like I just didn't know how my body was gonna react and stuff like that so and I think it was marathon number 35 where I started getting these issues about the, when I split it. And, um, so I already got so far and I was like, well, if it doesn't count. And, and the thing is when you go off to these records with guineas, they're, they're, they're not very clear with uh, it, like they have a st rules and stuff, but it's kind of like, mm. it can be interpreted differently. And it's just like, you just never know. And they take forever to reply. And it, it's kind of a bit of a nightmare working with them. And, um, so it was kind of one of those things. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure now because it's kind of getting, and a few people reached like, you know what, you shouldn't, you should have just done you. And I'm like, well, I want to do it correctly too. Um, if I'm going after it, it needs to be right. So yeah, I ended up going for another marathon, um, um, which was, um, yeah. Was the wheel that the second half of the, so that was a half marathon that you turned into a marathon or you'd already no, done? Two half I marathons? had already done a full marathon. So I had oh done God. the two, two, which I had split. So I literally had to go out, um, and redo a whole full marathon. And I literally, I think I made it within like seven minutes before midnight because you literally obviously have to get it in with that day. So I literally, I had to leg it. I really had to. And I was like, I had already run. I was feeling sick and I was like, oh my goodness. But I was running angry. It was really funny. Yeah. That's why anger is good sometimes. Because <laughs> I think that motivated me because I was oh, like, oh, God. this is like, and I honestly, and this is where, where you kind of get a new appreciation for your body. Because I'd finished, I'd obviously ran 50 miles that day. Mm. I hadn't fueled like I would if I went for a 50 miler because 50 milers are totally different ball game mm -hmm. compared to a marathon. So you feel differently. And I hadn't fueled correctly for that day because I wasn't expecting to run another marathon. Mm. And so when I was done, um, I thought, you know what, this is going to be it. I'm probably not going to be able to do it tomorrow. I'm like, I was kind of, kind of in a, in a, in a sense, kind of, I was kind of, not negativity, but I was kind of looking at reality, I guess, yeah. a little bit. Um, but weirdly, got up the next day and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling okay about this. And I kind of then kind of tried to catch up with a little bit. And that that's that that was the the worry, because then where I'd been feeling correctly, there I had to that day I kind of had to play a little bit of catch up because mm -hmm. I obviously had not had enough calories. So I was kind of playing a bit of catch up. So it took me about two days to kind of just catch up and just kind of get mm. back into a routine. And then, and then I was good to go again. And I kind of just put that at the back of my head. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful for my body. <laughs> yes. As you should be for that. I mean, that in itself, I, I didn't, I was thinking that you had done the, the half in the morning and then you did the, as you were doing, or you like during that day, you said you were going to 
do it in the evening and that's when people had reached out and you yeah. so you added on half I didn't realize it was another full marathon it was another full marathon but I will say <laughs> I don't know if you you obviously I'm sure you've heard of um uh James Lawrence the Iron Cowboy yes. yeah he so his he had to, he can't say he did a hundred Ironmans it was either the 50 or the 100 he can't say the word iron man yeah. because of uh yeah like lo- logistical or technical difficulties of like not quite I, i'm not sure exactly yeah. what it was but that's an example of where yeah not like had you not done that people you would have to like backtrack and, and word right. it weirdly and people exactly was- and it's funny because when that happened on that day bless him he reached out to me on that day like or oh, the really? next morning sent me a message he's like this is exactly what happened to me he's like yeah. just don't listen to these people and it's like people will always and it's like and it was like I really needed that like I want to say pep talk from him and I'm like so grateful that he actually sent me That's that good. message yeah. because That's I just felt I kind of felt a little bit heartbroken in a sense because I was like mm-hmm. I'm trying to do do a good thing uh-huh. and yet people don't see that like it's weird it's like social media is weird like it's it's it can be really weird um okay. and so I was I was so grateful for him reaching out and giving me that message because I, yeah. yeah I really needed it at that time oh, that's really sweet he did that thank you thank you for sharing that and and anyone listening if you want to uh James is a previous episode so I'll put a link to the in yeah. the show notes to go listen to that one as well um Okay. So then you, you managed it. Let's, uh, Boston was your 92nd. That was, yes. (laughs) How did that feel doing that when you'd been doing this from home quietly by yourself? And then suddenly you're like, like thrown into this like madhouse. (laughs) It was, it was actually, um, it was amazing. Um, Boston was definitely my favorite out of all of them. Like, Uh yeah, just because the crowd was incredible. Um, and it was weird. So many people knew my name and everyone oh, yeah, had been following the 100 marathon thing. Oh. And so it was it was just great. And it's like we were making jokes. Like people were running past me and I'd like, oh, yeah, but you didn't run a marathon the day before. And just yeah. like it was just it was a lot of like a little bit of banter going on and stuff. So yeah. it was it was fu- it was really nice. Um, it, and I think it distracted me a little bit too. Um it was just nice to to have a change of scenery and just yeah. kind of just yeah. Well, I bet that whole trip gave you nice changes of scenery. Yeah, but that was hard though with the time difference and trying to kind of because mm. I literally had to get off the plane, run a marathon, um, and then they had us quite busy um, during that weekend to kind of a whole bunch of press and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I was mm-hmm. constantly doing that and then still having to fit in a marathon. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. It, it, it's funny that you have to be like, excuse me. They're like, you got to do this, 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 and this. And you're like, well, not if you don't let me do what I need to be doing or you don't have anything to talk about. Like- <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I need to like, I need to run a marathon still. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's weird. Like, like, I think it became such a habit that people forgot. They were mm-hmm. like, Oh, what's she doing again? Oh, she needs to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's funny. Okay. So then you, you, you completed it. You did 104 marathons, 104 days. There was press coverage on it. Were you, do you feel like, I know you, that wasn't why you were doing it, but do you feel as someone as an empty, as someone who's trying to inspire others that, there was maybe more than you expected, less than you expected or about what you expected in terms of kind of the buzz around it afterwards? No, it was definitely more than I expected. Um, okay. It was amazing. Um, it was just incredible. It just, it went crazy. I was on calls with people from Germany, from France. Um, it literally went across the world. Um and and it was it was great because it I I got a lot of messages from other amputees that all said yeah. thank you because mm. this this had helped to highlight what adaptive athletes can do. Um, so mm. it kind of changed the perspective. It changed the story because because what was interesting too was I was being mentioned as an athlete versus oh this amputee like there was a lot more the 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 mm. story had changed so I, mm. I kind of felt like I was suddenly getting the respect of an athlete versus oh mm. she's just an amputee doing you know what I mean it was like mm. that whole concept had changed and I think that's why a lot of I got a lot of messages from other amputee athletes saying thank you for doing that because it did change the perception 
sure. of what we can do. And wait a minute, actually, she is a real athlete because it was, it was, it was, it's weird. Like even when you've done all these things, like you're not putting that athlete like mm. description, you're just putting a different category, which is mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's so good to hear. And that means that the perception generally is changing around what, you know, what the word athlete means, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, which is a good thing. Absolutely. I want to ask you one final question. You, at the beginning of the episode, used the word normal a lot, that that's what you were looking for. That's what you wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with that word now? I don't, yeah, it's, I don't, I I, I guess I look at it totally different now. I don't I actually classify anything as normal. Like what is your perception of normal? Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone's perception is totally different. And for me, I'm who I am. And that I guess, I guess part of me doesn't like the word normal anymore because it, mm-hmm. it just, it puts right, such a negative thing on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm more an individual. This is me. It's, yeah, I'm not classified as a normal, like what is normal? Um, yeah everyone's normal is totally different. And so I think I just see that totally different now in a mm-hmm. more healthier way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm proud of what I am now, like what, where, where I've come from and what I am now and how I look and, and what I can do. I love hearing that. Thank you for, for sharing that. And that's good. You've reached that point. Final question. Yes. What James, go back to James, yeah. did 50 Ironmans and it was like, what's next? I want to do 100. So does that go into your mind? I'm sure you get asked that a lot. I do, the, I do. Are you able to move away from that to to do something, not to use the word normal, but something, I guess, more within the realm of what people tend to do? <laughs> um, I think I think it's in my blood just to do thing, crazy things. Mm. Um, so I am working on a new project, um, mm. but I think for 2023, I've kind of doing a few normal 100 mile races. Um, <laughs> mm. Still doesn't sound very I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think there's, you kind of get into this where you just like, I want to keep pushing. And, mm. and I think you kind of get a, a little addicted to oh, I'm sure, like yeah. pushing a little bit further. And it, mm. and it's weird. Cause like when I ended with the hundred, I think I kind of, I feel like I kind of went into a bit of a low after yeah, I finished the marathon absolutely. thing. And that's something I never talk about because I'm like, suddenly you were on such a high and you had so much press coverage. And then suddenly you're done and you feel like a nobody any, again. Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I mean, it's extreme saying that I'm a nobody, but it just kind of feels like that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, everyone's moved on. Now no one no one talks about me. And it's and it's weird. Like, I never went into that for that at all, but it's you can't help feeling like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's weird and you kind of, then you just have to work on other projects and just kind of just enjoy time with your family. And so that's kind of what I was doing, just to, enjoying the downtime, enjoying time with family and, and, and things. But then you can, you always, I'm always good, like, yeah, what's next? What, how are you going to beat the 104 marathons? What are you going to do next? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. And I'm like, Oh, do I have to keep doing this to kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do I have to keep one-upping myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that though. I think that is something very important to mention. I mean, most people listening to this will have known the feeling of, of, working towards something, doing it, and then feeling that emptiness or yeah. runner blues inside. Yeah. But especially yeah. when you've been, you know, it's part of your routine, part of your life, and then yeah. suddenly you're there. And then I'd imagine you feel guilty for feeling that way because I shouldn't be feeling this way. Like I, yeah, it's yeah. like a nasty little cycle. So thank you for, for talking about that. Jackie, where can people find you if they want to follow along in future? Um, they can find me on Instagram or on Twitter. I'm NC Runner Jackie. Um, so yeah, I normally post things out there. Um, I mean, if anyone's got personal questions, they're always welcome to email me. Um, I don't know if you want to put my email address on there. I'm happy. I don't to know share if you that. want to put your email yeah. address out there. Maybe message me, <laughs> maybe maybe message me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, thank you so much for joining. I loved getting to know you. Look forward to follow along, following along in future, and um, yeah, look forward to hearing what 2023 has in store with these normal 100 milers. (laughs) Thank you for having me on.
The Running For Real podcast and everything we do here at Running For Real would not be possible if it wasn't for the Running For Real team. While I am the person who you hear from most often and maybe the face of the brand, the rest of our team are such critical pieces of what we do. And without them, I think I'd just be running around in circles with ideas. So I want to take a moment to thank our team. To Jeremy Nessel, who's been with me since the very beginning. Kat McKay, Sally Pontarelli, Kelsey Wang, Sandy Gutierrez, Louise Murphy, Andrew Basola, Alexandria Will, and Maria Vargas. Thank you to each and every one of you for all that you give to Running For Real and our community. I appreciate you, and I'm so thankful for having you as a part of the team. Thank you so much for listening to the, today's episode, and thank you to Jackie for sharing with us, for inspiring us. Be sure to go follow her on Instagram, by the way. And for just being the kind of role model that we need to continue to push our boundaries and see where they can take us. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jackie and you can find links to her Instagram and all the other things we mentioned in today's episodes, as well as our sponsors by going to runningforreal.com forward slash episode 333. Now there you will also find links to our YouTube for that Red S recovery resource I mentioned earlier in the episode. You will also find links to our sponsors. Thank you to Ola Dance. Go and check out those headphones. They are so fun, crystal clear, and uh, sit nicely on the outside of your ear without giving that earache. And uh, Ola Dance, you can check out there. You can also check out um, Athletic Greens by going to athleticgreens.com forward slash Tina. And you can also get a one-year free supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 there. And also to Allbirds. You know I love me some Allbirds, always wearing them. You can go to allbirds.com to go check out my favorites. Also link in the show notes. And as a friend of mine, you will be getting a special offer when you go to um, the link in the show notes, which I've just added as, as of 2023. So go check that link out. Again, go to runningforreal.com forward slash episode 333 easy to remember today. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on Monday for a together run and next week for a regular episode.